0: Well, welcome back, everybody, to our third and final part tonight of three decisions that will determine your destiny. Tonight, I'm going to talk about your friends. And you might not like this one. No, I'm just kidding. You'll learn a lot. As you're jumping on on Instagram, make sure you share this on your story. And uh, tag some friends in it. Send it to some people. This will help you tonight. I'm going to teach people what the Bible says about the company that you keep. The people that you walk with. The people that you stand with. The people that you sit with. And the crucial importance of those people. You've heard me say it many times before. In the business world, there's a cliche quote, but it's extremely uh, accurate. It says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Hey, Caden. Hey, Barb. Hey, Alex. Hey, Reagan, Parker. Good to see you. Love you. If you show me your friends, I will show you your future. What that means is in the business world, it means that if you're hanging out with people that work at McDonald's, I'll show you what your minimum salary is going to be. I'll show you what your income's gonna look like. If you're hanging out with people that are dealing dope, I'll show you where you're gonna be living in the next couple of years. So the people that you hang out with, your company actually becomes prophetic to you. So it's extremely important to be responsible and to take charge over the people in your life. Hey Deej, do you wanna lift this monitor up just a little bit? Yeah. Perfect. I like that. Oh, it's in the the camera. You can move it. There. All right. That'll be fine. Hey, Liz. Good to see you. Ilona. Hello. Welcome everybody. As you're jumping on the people you hang out with, the company that you keep is prophetic of your future. I want you to write this in the comments for me. The people I hang out with will determine my future. Or, as this series is going, it will determine your destiny. See, the reality is, God has a very big plan for your life. He says, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for a future and for a hope. Plans to set you high above the nations of the earth. Plans to make you the head and not the tail. See, God has big plans for you and for your life. So the people that you hang out with will determine your destiny go with me to psalm the first psalm psalm chapter one the first psalm in the book of psalms hello megan very excited to see you and your family tomorrow hello michelle on youtube god bless you i know we got 10 people or so jumping on youtube that's awesome we got brady on facebook i love you hello in california Rachel on YouTube, God bless you. Psalm chapter 1, it says this. Blessed, that word blessed means to multiply abundantly. It means to be fruitful and multiply. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So in the other way of saying it is under a curse, not blessed, is the person who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. But blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Write this down. It's important who I walk with. It's important who I walk with. It says, Nor stands in the path of sinners. Nor stands in the path Of sinners. We're dropping frames just so you know. So it's important who we walk with. It's important who we stand with. And listen to this. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Meaning they don't take advice from people that don't serve the Lord. If you're looking to be financially blessed, you're not watching YouTube videos of how heathens make their money. As much as I know people love Shark Tank, you're not taking business advice from Shark Tank. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in the business world that doesn't serve God doesn't know what they're talking about. They do, but we seek counsel from the godly. We seek counsel from the righteous, those that hear from God, those that serve God. And it says, nor stands in the path of sinners. So we're blessed when we don't take counsel from ungodly people. We're blessed when we don't stand in the path of sinners, meaning we've removed ourselves from sin. We've removed ourselves from the party scene, from the nightclub, from the bar. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And on his word, he meditates day and night. So there's a blessing attached to who you walk with, who you stand with and who you sit with. And when you meditate on the word of God day and night, you're guaranteed to, here's the following. Be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Meaning you'll have plenty of sustenance, you'll never get thirsty, you'll never run out, you'll have plenty, more than enough, that brings forth fruit in every season. Hey Colette, hey Tanea, good to see you. So when you serve God, when you delight in His Word and you meditate on it, and you don't walk with ungodly people, you don't sit. Now I'm not saying, this is where people get mixed up people will say, well, Jesus sat with sinners. You're right. Jesus did sit with sinners, but Jesus's company was not sinners. Jesus didn't make his primary company sinners. He pulled sinners out of sin. That's what Jesus did. And it says, you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water That brings forth fruit in every season. Your leaf will not wither. I want you to get this. This is deep. This is spiritual. This is deep. Your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do will prosper. What that means is you'll always have enough. You'll never dry out. You'll never get sick of what you're doing when you're serving the Lord. You'll have plenty and everything that you do will succeed. It will prosper. Many people will say, you know, it's not all about success and about prospering. Well, that's probably the dumbest thing anyone could ever say, because God said specifically in Deuteronomy 28 in Joshua chapter one in Psalm chapter one, all throughout the Bible, he said, you'll have good success. You will prosper in what you do. God doesn't fail. God's not a failure. So when you hook up with God, you walk into success. Someone asked for the scripture. We're in Psalm chapter one, the first Psalm. So God guarantees a blessing on you. And like I said, that word blessed means to multiply abundantly. It means that when you abide in God's word, you walk with the right people. You stand with the right people. You sit with the right people. Your primary company attracts a blessing. God pours out a blessing on you and who you hang out with. And you will be a tree planted by streams of water. You will bear fruit in every season. And in everything you do, you'll have good success. I don't know about you, but I want to have good success in life. Imagine if somebody came up to Adam and Eve. It's probably what the serpent said. Hey, you know, Eve, it's not all about good success, Eve. It's not all about having success and not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You have to fail sometimes, Eve. You might as well just go ahead and and have one of those fruits. Yeah, baloney. All right, next. Point number one, it's important who you walk with, who you stand with, and who you sit with. I want you to write that down. I want that to get inside of you. My life changed changed drastically when I changed my company. Somebody type this in the comments. Change my friends, change my future. Change my friends, Change my future. If you change your friends, you'll change your future. There was a decision that I had to make a number of years ago when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I felt the call of God on my life to go all in, to preach the gospel, to do great things for God. There was a group of friends that claimed to love God, but their life did not show it. And I thought I was doing them a favor by hanging out with them. I wouldn't partake in all of the stuff that they did, but I still made them my primary source of company. And one day it just hit me like a ton of bricks. If I don't get away from these people, I will not walk in the destiny that God has for me. And I actually got a phone call. I was walking in the grocery store and a man of God called me in the grocery store. He said, Talon, I was just praying. And the Lord said that, and he, he didn't know anything about what was going on in my life. He just said, the Lord told me to tell you that you're playing with fire. And if you don't get away from the people in your life right now, he's going to take your destiny and give it to somebody else. And when he said that, I almost collapsed in that grocery store. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I knew that if I didn't get away from these people, God was going to give my destiny to somebody else. But I cut those people off. It wasn't like I said, hey, to hell with you and to heaven with me. That wasn't it. But I separated myself from people that had no intention on serving God. Here's the thing. Deceived people don't know they're deceived. So if somebody claims to be loving God, but their life doesn't show it, they're in deception. And there's nothing I could have done that or done about that anyway. I wasn't in a position to influence them. They were influencing me. So I had to separate the day that I separated from that friend group. God put me into a group of people that were successful, that were further along than me in life, that had great wisdom, great knowledge, great experience. And God lifted me to a higher level. I speak over your life tonight as you separate from people that God did not intend for you to be around. You will be lifted to a higher level in Jesus name. In the name of Jesus. Point number two. I'm going to give you a couple of people to separate yourself from. To identify and to separate from. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 in the New Testament. And you can write down in your notebook, these are the people I must separate from. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 15. Do not love the world. Thank you, Colette. God bless you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'll stop there for a second. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, I'm not going to name drop because people might know what I'm talking about. They might not. There's a very famous celebrity uh, worship leader who is recently right now going through the ringer because he openly declared that he wanted to see a very secular, anti-God artist perform in person, which like kind of mind boggles me. But it said he... Yeah, I won't even get too far into it because it's not my place. But the Bible says, hate the things of this world. Hate wickedness. Love righteousness. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, that Jesus was anointed more because he hated wickedness and he loved righteousness. If you want to grow in the anointing on your life, you must hate wickedness. Write this down. Separate from people that enjoy the things of this world separate yourself from people that enjoy the things of this world do not love the world or the things in the world if they say yeah i love the lord i go to church every sunday but uh sorry i won't be able to make bible study i got to head to a post malone concert this week exit exit the room get away from that crowd do not be around that kind of uh, that kind of crowd. It'll corrupt you. The Bible says that poor or a uh, bad company, meaning bad people, bad company corrupts good character. It doesn't say good character corrupts bad company. Bad company corrupts good character. Because what happens is you're outnumbered. You think that you've got what it takes all alone to pull these people out of sin. Brady, who is Post Malone? It's not important, Brady. That's good you don't know. That is funny. For people that don't know, Brady's our door greeter for church. He's awesome. He's a man of God. What was I saying? I forgot. Bad company, thanks, Deej, corrupts good character. You might feel like you can pull these people out of their ditch. You can't. You cannot. Now, don't get me wrong. Under the right circumstances with the right anointing and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can. You can pull crowds out of sin. Absolutely. I've seen it done. I've done it myself. But when there's people around you that are familiar with you, they don't receive you as a man of God or a woman of God. They see you as their friend. And because they don't see you that way you can't influence them instead they will influence you bad company corrupts good character if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him you cannot love the world and love god you can't love porn and love god you can't love getting wasted and love god you have to get to a place not only you personally but the people you're around they have to hate the things of this world It has to make them uncomfortable it has to make eh. don't be around people that say man i wish i could go to that concert but i'm a christian no be around people that hate the things of this world they will call you higher they will purify you as he is pure the bible says come out ye from amongst them be holy as your father is holy surround yourself with people that love righteousness and hate wickedness and the anointing on your life will increase God will pour out the oil of gladness in increased measure on your life. I've seen it in my own life. As I've consecrated myself to God and I eliminated sinful uh, groups out of my life totally, I watched God increase the anointing on my life. And He'll do it for you. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. I want you to write these down. There's three different kinds of lusts that the Bible talks about. It says here in verse 16, there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Did you know that that's what Jesus was tempted with when he was in the desert? He was tempted at all angles, with every temptation known to man. But when Satan came to him and tempted him those three times, he tempted his flesh, he tempted his eyes, and he tempted the pride of life. Tempted his flesh by saying, turn this stone into bread. Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Number two, he said, if you really are the son of man, the son of God. And he took him up to a temple. He said, throw yourself off of this temple. For the Bible says, he says, it is written. Hey, Caden, love you. He said, for it says it is written. That God will send his angels concerning you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Caden, I'm wearing the jacket you got me, by the way. I like it. It's keeping me plenty warm today. It's snowing in Iowa. He tested Satan or he tested Jesus' flesh with the bread. He tested the pride of his life, or the pride of or the lust of eyes, I'm sorry, the lust of his eyes. And the pride of life. He said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. He said, in the context there is just one time. He said, if you'll bow down and worship me just one time, I'll give you all of this for it's mine to give you. And Jesus didn't do it. So surround yourself with people that hate the things of this world. It says in the book of James, to be a friend of the world is to be at enmity with God. I want you to get that. It doesn't say just to live in the world. It doesn't say to be worldly. It says being a friend with the world. Befriending people that are friends of the world makes you a friend of the world. Being a friend of the world actually puts enmity between you and God. It stirs up the anger of God. So you got to separate from people. Separate from people that find the things of the world um, enticing. We'll say it that way. The world and its desires are passing away. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. You can write this down. Surround yourself with people that are doing the will of God. What's God's will? God's will is his word. That they're walking in the power of heaven, the power of the Holy Ghost. They're living holy. They're preaching the gospel with signs following. They're raising up the next generation to carry the fire of God. Surround yourself with people that are doing the will of God. I want to declare this over your life tonight. From tonight forward, as you separate from bad relationships and you surround yourself with those that are doing the will of God, God increases you to a new level tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Fresh revelation to come upon your life. Fresh blessing. For the Bible says that when you walk, stand, and sit with those that love God and meditate on His Word, there's a blessing that comes on your life. Tonight, you're blessed. As you separate from sinners, you are blessed. As you hang with the righteous, you are blessed. God's blessing is coming on you now to move to a new dimension in your faith. Amen. And listen to this in verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist will come, even now there are many Antichrists. So it says the reason why you do this is because honestly, we don't have time to play games anymore. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming very, very soon. We are in the last hour. Jesus said, When I come to get my church, will I find faith on the earth? Or will I find people in the bars? Will I find people having sex outside of marriage? Will I find people living in sin? Or will I find people of faith? I believe God's going to find you and he'll find you full of faith. Amen. Amen. So you avoid people. Specifically, I'll say avoid Christians, but avoid people altogether. Avoid the company of people that love the things of this world. People that love money. There's nothing wrong with having money. I has money. I like money. Money does great things for the kingdom of God. But avoid people that love money. Avoid people that love parties. You can read Galatians 5. It tells you all the different people that operate in different functions of the flesh. Avoid people that operate in the flesh. Surround yourself with people that operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, I'm going to show you three people that you must surround yourself with in order to live a blessed life. Number one, you can write this down. Spiritual leaders. Hello, Matea. God bless you, I love you. Matea, I got a surprise for you. Uh, I'm going to be coming to revival today... Let me think of the date. Um, The 27th and the 28th, I believe. Or the 28th and the 29th. I think the 28th and the 29th, Matea. So I'll get to meet you in person. I'm excited. That's right. Brooke brought up a good point. She said that includes social media accounts. They're called influencers for a reason. That's exactly right. That's a great point, Brooke. What you, who you follow and what you like on social media puts your stamp of approval on it. If you say you're living holy, but you're running around liking bikini pics on Instagram, the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. So there's no sin. Sin as a spiritual law connected to it, that it must be exposed sin will be exposed. There is no such thing as secret sin. You think it's a secret. It'll come out. You know, the Pope, that's right. Brett, Brett said on uh, YouTube, he said, same goes for movies and music. That's right. What gets in you is what changes you. It's what influences you. The Pope, not that I'm like trying to bash the Pope, but if you Google the Pope, And how much trouble he's gotten in for like liking crazy stuff on social media. You'll see that dude gets roasted like all the time for liking bikini pictures and crazy stuff. I mean, the dude's in his like mid-hundreds and he's out there liking bikini pictures. And they even like, they let it go on that guy too. They just let it rip. CNN's like all about the Pope. They're all about this like one world religion. Come on, let's coexist. But the moment that the Pope like some like skinny jean wearing, tight bikini, dental floss wearing model. (laughs) The moment that he does that, even CNN turns on him. So just crazy. That's right. Matea said, no, no, please do bash him. (laughs) That dude's nuts. So if the Pope can't get away with it, you're not getting away with it. I'll just say that. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Well, praise God. That's not That's not what I came to talk about tonight. (laughs) Number one, people that you must surround yourself with. Spiritual leaders. People that are where you want to be. People that have done twice what you're looking to do once. Surround yourself. There's an old saying in business that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, get out the room. You do not want to be the smartest person in the room. You do not want to be in a room where you're the smartest. Prideful people, they want to be in a room where they're the smartest. Yeah, put me in a room where I know the most about what we're talking about. No. Don't be the smartest person in the room. Surround yourself with spiritual leaders that have done twice what you're looking to do once. What will happen is they will impart to you and they will raise your standard. There's people, I thought I had a high standard. This year, God gave me divine relationships that showed me that my standard was was, uh, was, poopy compared to the standard of truly successful people, people that are on another level. And this is just practical advice. This is, you don't even have to be serving God to take take away from this. But it comes from a principle that God gave called impartation. When you hang out with successful people, you will rise to the level that they're at automatically. If you're humble and you receive from them, you will rise automatically to the level that they are at. There's an old saying that says, I think it might be even in the Bible, where it says where one boat rises in the bay, as the water rises in the bay, all the boats rise. So as long as you're in the bay, you will rise with all the water and all the boats. That's right. Matea said, it's one of the best things I did personally and professionally. That's absolutely right. Even people that don't, that don't serve God, if you study successful businessmen, they'll tell you, get in the master classes. Get into atmospheres where people are where you're going. The Bible says a man that returns to his past is as a dog that returns to its vomit. And it says without vision, people perish, and they return to their past. So when you don't have somebody that, somebody that is where you're going or where you want to go in front of you, you'll lose vision. When you lack vision, you'll return to your past. It's human nature. You'll, just, you'll automatically go back to the way that you live, the same church you grew up in, the same people you hung out with at the bar. When you lose vision of what's in front of you, you'll go backwards. So surround yourself with people that are ahead of you and keep your vision focused on them. I would show you right now, I've got got a whole wall here of pictures of great men of God that have done great things in the studio. So every day when I come down here, I can look at them and I can realize that's where I'm going. That's where I want to be. I'm not stopping here. I'm not stopping in this studio. We're getting a better studio. I'm not stopping with the amount of people I've reached today. We're reaching more people. I look at people that have done what I want to do in life and it encourages me. It fires me up. It puts something in me that reminds me I'm going forward. So surround yourself with spiritual leaders. That's number one. Number two, these two kind of go together. Anointed people. Surround yourself with anointed people. So what I mean is, you could be around a spiritual leader who might not be uh, anointed. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of it's kind of it crazy. What I mean is not just anointed people, because every spiritual leader that you get with, I hope, will be anointed to some extent. But I'm talking about people that walk in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Get around people that work miracles. So when you get around people that work miracles, what it does for you is it says in first, go with me to first Corinthians chapter two, somebody type first Corinthians two in the comments. And I'm going to show you what happens when you hang out with people that work miracles and why this is crucial. And it's biblical. You can't, you, I'm not saying go to a church that believes in miracles. I'm saying go to a church that has miracles. Don't hang out with friends that believe in miracles. Hang out with people that have miracles. You need to be in a miracle birthing atmosphere. This is why. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is what Paul said. Starting in verse 1. Brothers, when I came to you, I did not come with superiority or speech or wisdom. Or superiority of speech or wisdom. Meaning I didn't come just as a good communicator. Declaring to you the testimony of God for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, listen to this, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Why? So that your faith would not stand on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. You got to be in an atmosphere of anointing where miracles are happening so that your faith never rests on the wisdom of man but on the power of God. An anointed atmosphere. That's the second group of people you must surround yourself with. Group number three. Holy people. Holy people. And I, I mean, like, people that purpose to live holy. Not just, I mean, like, down, you get to decide. I'll put it this way. You get to decide the level of holiness that you would like to achieve. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that there's different vessels of honor that are used by God. And Paul uses the example of how there's some utensils that are made out of wood and they're made out of clay. And they're not used very often. Those are the utensils that when your annoying neighbor comes over for dinner, you feed them on that. When your grandkids, not that your grandkids are annoying, but when when people that are that are familiar with you. When they come around, they get the dishonorable stuff. Meaning it's stuff that you use You use uh, not with royalty. But there's another set of utensils. We're talking fine china. The nice stuff. That's right. Mateus said that one changes everything. It's true. You hang out with holy people that have made themselves vessels of honor. And you will be used honorably of God. I feel the anointing strong on this. Somebody's getting something from this right now. This is changing your life. This is changing your life. If you'll take this and you'll run with it. Surround yourself with people that have chosen to make themselves vessels of honor for God. It says purify yourselves. Then you will be used as vessels of honor. Gold and silver. Rachel said, hallelujah. This is a word for me as the Lord just had me step out of my church. Well, praise God. Surround yourself with holy people, and you will become a vessel of honor. But the second aspect of that is separate yourself from people that don't have the power. So even if they live holy, but they don't have the power, get away from it. Or at least be the person that brings the power. I don't don't know every situation, so I can't speak into every situation. But it says those people that have a form of godliness and deny its power it says have nothing to do with those people so people that don't believe in the power of god operating today separate people that don't live holy and they're not vessels of honor separate surround yourself with people that have purposed to live holy where holy people are the oil flows there's a reason he's called the holy spirit when you're around holy people you are guaranteed to encounter the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Well, let me do a recap. Number one, it is crucial who you walk with, who you sit with, and who you stand with. Number two, avoid Christians that love the things of this world. If there's people around you specifically spiritual leaders, people in leadership that they don't take sin seriously. They treat sin lightly. Like there's a lot of people that will say, uh, father, we're so depraved and so wretched. And and we, we sin every day. Like I remember, Oh goodness, man, this is going to get my blood boiling. I remember I went to this church to share about a revival that we were going to have this, this man. And I mean, I know him. He's like, He's a man of God. He loves the Lord. He lives holy. And he gets up to take communion in front of the church. And as he's praying over the communion, he says, Father God, I know we sin every day. And I was even just thinking about my sins this week and how awful they were. And how you promised in your word that if I'll confess my sins, you'll cleanse me f- cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So we claim that promise right now. It's so funny that they always claim the promise of forgiveness of sins, but they never claim the like 400 promises of being delivered from sin. Just grinds my gears. But I'm sitting there thinking, like he's saying all of this in front of his wife, and I, I could tell she's like used to it. She's spiritually dead at this point. She she, it's not nothing's clicking for her. But like, what were you doing all week? You didn't go to the bar. You weren't at the club. You, and, unless you were like secretly watching porn or having an affair all week. What did you do? I know the guy. He wasn't even sinning. He just said it to say it. And that's what religious tradition does. You won't, you'll live all week and you won't sin. And they'll like bring you in. And they'll make you confess that you're a sinner. And you're not. Anyway. Avoid such people. Avoid such people. Get around people that know the word. Separate yourself from people that love the things of this world. And surround yourself with these three key people, spiritual leaders, anointed people, and holy people. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, I love you all on YouTube. I love you on Instagram. I want to read one more thing to you. Somebody go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 with me. Hey, Pots, love you, brother. Potts, uh, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but we're having an evangelist, Mateo, just so you know, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth is coming to our church this weekend. So uh, Potts, if you want to come join us, you'll really enjoy it, brother. All right, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to read this to you and share a testimony with you that changed my life. And then I'm going to pray for people. So stick around to the end so I can pray for you. 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So that word sparingly means stingily. Ooh, we had a good question on Instagram. Cheryl said, what if those people are parents who deny the power? You still honor your parents, but separate from people that deny the power. I'll just say that. That's a, it looks like Matea is handling it in the comments. Thanks, Matea. Matea, I should make you a moderator. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you for the help. All right. Second Corinthians nine verse six, those that sow sparingly reap sparingly. That means like, so sowing is a spiritual law that you see naturally played out in farming. How come we're getting so many dropped frames? aren't we at, uh, it just walks to everyone's and go, and go I should just I should just punch OBS no it's not it's not how you handle your problems tailing you don't you just punch things when they don't work amen well <laughs> so for example but this thing's really messing me up right now why there's no way our internet's like awesome anyway so if a farmer were to go out into a farm and plant like three kernels, he'd get a harvest of at most three ears of corn. So if he sowed sparingly, he will reap sparingly. All right, that's rough. All right. <laughs> yeah, Mateus said some problems. Yes, you're right, Matea. There are some problems. You just got to punch, but uh. So if a farmer goes out and puts a couple of kernels in the ground, he's only going to reap a couple of ears. But it says those that sow bountifully, listen to this, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let every man give as they purpose in their own heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. And it says that when you give cheerfully, God makes all grace abound toward you for all sufficiency at all times and all works for all things. God pours out his grace on you. Now I experienced this multiple times firsthand. Firsthand. There was a time where my, my best was a thousand dollar offering that I could give to a man of God. And I was believing that God would increase He would increase what he was doing in my life, not only with this ministry, but with like helping to plant a church. Just, I needed more grace. I needed more power. I needed more revelation. I needed more finances. I needed more everything. I required more. And I saw that promise and the promise in the word said that if I sowed bountifully, I would reap bountifully. So I knew that if I gave a big offering, which was $1,000, I would reap a big harvest, which I did like over $30,000 in counting since then. Major harvest. But not only that, it said that he would pour out all grace on me and all sufficiency. So he would give me the power necessary to do what he's called me to do at a higher rate and that's what happened I felt a grace come on me to step to another level There was a time where I was doing these live streams only like twice a week if you remember And I stepped up to another level now we go live five days a week And it's easy for me. I don't like I don't even have to worry about it's easy for me. I study With all grace. and It's just easy for me. So not only did I receive a mighty harvest financially. On top of that, God poured out grace on me that took me to the next level in the ministry. And I share that with you because what God did for me, he'll do for you. And I'm speaking this, I'm declaring this over people tonight. Those of you that will give tonight, God will lift you to another level. I feel it. This is the first, I, maybe the first or second time I've ever like said this prophetically declared it. Those of you that give financially tonight, God will lift you to a new level. And if I'm wrong, you can send me a message on Instagram and say, you're a liar tailing nah, 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 nothing happened. You know what I'm saying? You can bug me. I won't respond, but you can definitely send me a, definitely send me a DM, but I'm serious right now. I feel this right now. Those of you that give bountifully tonight, God's going to take you to another level. And I believe if you're listening to me, it'll bear witness with your spirit. If you feel it in your spirit, do what God tells you to do. I want to give people the opportunity to give tonight. As you know, we're officially feeding 1,200 kids every single month in the country or in other countries right now. We just upped it from 900 to 1,200. and we went to a a new level. Kingdom Citizen said what's the cash app? It's dollar sign revival way. That's right, Alona. I'm a truthful person. That's right. That's exactly right, Matea. Seed time and harvest time. Those that give abundantly will reap abundantly. Praise the Lord. You know it's crazy. There's a this girl that writes my books for our ministry. She just finished up our, our second book, but the first book that she wrote for us, she said, the Lord told me to do this as a seed. And the day that she finished the book, she went and checked her mail, and there was a check for $15,000 in the mailbox, and I didn't send it to her. God did. God blessed her for her financial seat, for helping us out with that book. So the same way that God blessed her and the same way God's blessed me, I declare that over you tonight. Your finances are blessed. Those of you that give abundantly tonight, stand on this scripture. God is going to bless you and you will reap abundantly. His word is true. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. His word is true. So I encourage you tonight, ask the Lord, what would represent your best tonight? There was a time where $1,000 was my best. And when I gave it to that man of God, God increased me to another level that I couldn't have gotten to on my own. And I'm so thankful he's faithful to his word. Amen. Amen. Well, we also help 11 other ministries every single month. And we're only increasing. So it's a blessing. I'm very thankful for how fast God has has multiplied this ministry and he's taken us to new levels. And I'll give you a little sneak peek. I should be getting a flyer sometime tonight put out on social media. I'll be on the East Coast the last weekend of April, April preaching in Richmond, Virginia. So follow me on social media, on Instagram, so you can stay up to date. Those of you that are watching on the East Coast, come and join me. It's going to be a Holy Ghost blowout. We're going to have a great time. Bring sick people. Bring people that need miracles. Bring your family. Bring people that want a touch of the anointing of heaven. And we're going to have a Holy Ghost blowout time. The the weekend of April 30th and May 1st. Amen and amen. Well, I want to thank everybody personally for helping out the ministry. Every dollar makes a difference and we're thankful for you. You help make it possible for us to preach the gospel all around the world. We're reaching hundreds of thousands of people on social media every week, and it's by the grace of God that we're doing that. So we thank you so much uh, that you're joining us. Nicaea said, what's your Facebook or YouTube? Everything that you want to find me on is all the same. You look up Taylin Michael Revival Way on anything and you'll find me. Ilona said, you should come to North Carolina Central Church. It's powerful. Gets me every time I go. Thank you, Colette. God bless you. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I would come to North Carolina if the Lord permits me. The thing is, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people think evangelists just like pick up with our with our microphones and our suitcases. And we just like walk into a church and say, all right, I'm here. (laughs) But we have to be invited. When somebody invites you, then you go. Hey, I love you, brother, kingdom citizen. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for your giving. Let me pray for people. I want to pray for those of you tonight that are giving financially. And I'm going to join my faith and I'm going I'm to declare a blessing over you. We're going to watch your seed multiply and you're going to have mighty testimonies. There was a woman a couple of weeks ago that said she was going to sow $1,000. Colette, are you coming to Richmond? Oh, that'll be great. Good, it'll be nice to meet you. Bring friends. There was a woman a couple of weeks ago who said, uh, she needed a raise in her job. So she sewed a thousand dollars into the ministry and she called me or I'm sorry. She sent me, Oh, you live in Richmond. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to meet you. She messaged me on Instagram a couple of days later. She said, Oh my goodness, you're not going to believe this. I was like, no, I probably will believe it. Like I preach it. I don't, I don't just preach it to preach it. Like I believe it. I've seen it. It's in the Bible. It's happened to me. And she said, "I sowed that thousand dollar seed, and I got a ten thousand dollar raise at work. And my da- my boss said that he's actually going to give me more. And now she's going to be able to get the house that she was believing for, and all of these amazing things. See, God did a miracle for her, and that was just the beginning of her harvest. That thing's going up to a hundred thousand dollars in a return. That's a mighty harvest. So what God did for her, what God has done for me, God will do it for you tonight. So believe big." And I'm going to pray with you right now. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, every person under the sound of my voice, I call them blessed. I command their seed to multiply. I thank you that your word says that you make all grace abound toward us to every good work with all sufficiency. We believe your word tonight. As we sow abundantly, we reap abundantly. And we thank you for it ahead of time by faith. I call them blessed. I call them tonight in Jesus' name. I prophesy. I prophesy they go to a new level tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I love you, everybody. Hello, Revival Today youth or young adults. I'm sorry. Love you guys. Love you very much. Hey, Colton, I love you. Man, I got to get going. I got a prayer meeting or else I would want to stay on here all night with you guys because I really do love you. You all mean the world to me. Thank you for joining me tonight. Share this on your Instagram story and, uh, and tag me in it. Cheryl said, can we pray for healing? Yeah, Cheryl, what do you need healing for? I'll pray for you right now. I got, I got two minutes and then I got to go. Let me know in the comments what you need healing for. If anyone needs healing tonight, I'll pray for you. I believe Jesus will heal you tonight. It says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. Acid reflex and digestive issues. All right, Cheryl, I want you to take your right hand right now, put it on your stomach, and I'm going to pray. Someone said severe anxiety. All right, I'll pray for that too. Cheryl, put your right hand, both of you, everybody right now, whoever needs healing in your, in your body, take your right hand, put it over your belly. I'm going to pray for you. The power of God's going to hit you wherever you're at right now. Put it over your belly. Father, in Jesus' name. I take authority over every wicked spirit of infirmity. Spirit of infirmity, I bind you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. I command their bodies, be made whole. Acid reflex, leave. Digestive problems, leave. Anxiety, I bind you. I cast you out in Jesus' name. Depression, leave. You cannot stay. I command you to be free. I destroy the yoke of bondage by the anointing tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, you are free, in whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, wherever you're at, do what you couldn't do before, you're healed. The power of God's coming on you right now. You're healed. Thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. We had a, a couple of weeks ago, a woman came on with a growth in her throat, and it dissolved over the phone on a live stream. God will do it anywhere. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you everybody for giving tonight. If you were going to give a big seed and uh, you sissied out, I know what that feels like. I've been there. I encourage you, rethink your decision, give that big seed. God never asks you to give big without a harvest in mind. So if you were going to give a big seed and uh, and you didn't do it because you just didn't have the faith or whatever, do it. I encourage you, you'll be amazed at what God will do. I love you so much. God bless you. Remember, tomorrow night, we do not have any Ministry Madness. Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth is going to be in town, and uh, I will be serving him and in his meeting. So we'll be picking up again next week with Ministry Madness. I love you. Adios. Have a great night. I'll see see you on Monday.